0: Hello and welcome to Big Bandit Gaming. I'm your host, Troy, and today we have Colton. Hello. Hi, Colton. And Isaiah.
1: Good morning. It's 5 to 2 p.m.
0: (laughs) It it sure is. So we have a little bit smaller of a crew today, but we're going to make it work. Uh, How are you guys doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm ready to talk about
0: my childhood. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna unlock some real deep, dark secrets. So I I hope you're all ready to cry.
1: Yeah, we're gonna crack into this bad boy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who needs a therapist when you have this podcast? And video games. <laughs> and video games. <laughs> that sounds unhealthy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh what have you guys been up to? Oh uh, gosh. Uh just a lot of uh
2: for me lately, it's been a lot of studying for my commercial driver's license uh, and playing in between my study sessions, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. That's what I've been up to.
0: Would you say your CDL is harder than most uh, most uh, Elden Ring bosses?
2: Uh, you know what? I think it has that effect where uh, you think it's going to be like, super hard and you really like sack yourself into thinking it's going to be the most difficult thing you've ever done. But I think it's all just nerves. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just you just got to get in there, get the knowledge, and get it done. I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah. I I've been I've been busy myself. I haven't been playing to. It's good thing that every other episode we talk about the games we're playing because I haven't been playing too much video games. I've mostly just been catching up on like movies and anime and and TV and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I. Uh, lately I need to be very much in the mood to go through like a TV series or an anime. So I'll like, it'll just hit me out of nowhere where I'll be like, I am ready to like go through my backlog in like a month. So yeah. So I caught Mm -hmm. up on like my hero. Uh, I watched through attack on Titan till the, I'm caught up on that. Uh, I'm watching Jujutsu Kaisen for the first time. And that's very stylish and cool. And uh, the other day we, wa- uh, we saw uh, me and me and my girlfriend saw everything everywhere all at once. And that was amazing. That was incredible. We walked out and I was like, hey, that was our first incredible movie we saw together in the theaters. <laughs> like we've seen movies and when we walk out, we're like, yeah, it was pretty good. Was, you know, it was pretty good. But we walked out and we're like, wow. OK. Yeah. yeah, not, yeah. not everything can be like a Shrek 2
2: experience, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. <true>. Very <laughs> it's few movies true. are that good. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I need to we need to go see that movie. I want to I was kind of planning on maybe going to see it this weekend, but I I don't know when it's supposed to leave theaters. I might want to do it sooner. Just Yeah,
0: I imagine I imagine it's soon cuz when we went it was just like one of the smaller theaters uh in the back, but uh I mean to its credit it was almost like sold out, but it was it was on Mother's Day, so. <laughs> uh as it turns out both our mothers were not in our city, so it's like, well, uh I was was like, I was was telling her, I was like, okay, there's this movie. My brother is texting me like three times about it and telling me like, do not look anything up. Just go see this movie. I would not seen trailers or anything. I knew it was like kind of like a surrealist Kung Fu thing. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds up my alley. But it's, it's way more than that. It's way more than that. It's, it's really great.
2: The way your brother talked about that to you is the way I talked to my brother about Ted Lasso. And, you know, it's the way I talk about about that show to everyone, because I think everybody should watch that show.
0: I have not watched Ted Lasso yet, and I, I will. I that will. That breaks my heart. I will. I just I'm caught up on anime. I'm caught up on movies. I, I need to see now a Ted Lasso and like the newest season of The Marvelous Miss Maisel is like on my list for TV. So it'll happen. It'll happen. I just need okay. to. Hey. I just need to subscribe to like Apple TV again. Just take dog. Just
2: take my log. Just take my I'll get my log out <laughs> on the podcast. How about that?
0: So your Apple ID, you know, no one, no one can do anything uh, foul with that. No,
2: of course. Don't we could. don't we don't we don't have any criminals listening to the podcast, do we?
0: No, I, I'm you, you know, know what, I'm it's, it's kind of dumb on my part. I think I'm subscribed to uh, Apple Music and Apple Arcade. Instead of just buying like the subscri- subscription that gives me all three for like $3 more. Yeah. So may- <laughs> yeah. maybe you should just cancel those other two and get all of it together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's, yeah that, that's, that's what I've been doing the last week and a half so until games come out again. But we were just talking like looking at the release radar. There's like nothing. Um, usually there's like a big game right around E3. I remember last E3, that's, um, cause we were talking about this before the podcast, Ratchet and Clank came out. I think, I think that was like the last big game that came out right around E3. Um, and then years before there was like Last of Us. Like it seems to be Sony that likes to release something right around there, but there's Mm -hmm. none of that. Um, I think, um, I would say my biggest thing the next couple of months will be, um, I'm sure there's some indie stuff I'm not thinking about, but, um, but the Diablo, uh, phone game, Immortal, Diablo Immortal, yeah, uh, which is now on PC too, so, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, I'll, I'll get back, I'll get back into both, just need to finish some, finish some backlog, movie, TV stuff, no, I'm there, all right, so, what's up, I see,
1: I do know that, uh, we are gonna get the Cuphead DLC around E3 time, right? Oh, is that true? I think so. It's it's supposed to be happening like more early summer.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I say there's like nothing out, I mean more like like large tentpole titles. Yeah, there's always those smaller stuff that i be that come out. Like I think that happened to me with um with uh oh god, I just forgot the name. Well, yeah, like most Indians will sneak up on me. I'll be like, oh man, when that comes out, I'm there day one, and it just like shows up. So, um it was Rogue Legacy 2 is what I was trying to think about earlier. Yeah, Rogue Legacy 2 was an it was like early access and I was like, "Wow, when that comes out, I'm definitely going to play that." And then suddenly it's out. I'm like, "Oh, okay. Download." Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, so today's episode is called The Games That Made Us. And kind of how I pitched this episode to you guys was that it's not your favorite game that the big but the games that made the largest impact on you meant a lot to you in the time you played it. So we're going to go through the games that made us, we have a list each of four Um, and it's not necessarily our favorite games. I think that would be a different list than what we have, but uh, games that, you know, maybe um, have like a, or like a real world meaning like you played it with somebody or remind you of a time in your life or uh or you know even within context of the game like the game itself led you to like you know try other things you didn't try before stuff like that so um so yeah so we all have a list of games here and i can start so my number one game on on this list of the games that made us is sonic the hedgehog 2 and sonic the hedgehog 1 i think came out the same year i was born so that's 1991 So by the time I, you know, actually have a working memory, (laughs) Uh, I remember one of my first memories was watching my older brother play Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on his Genesis in the living room. And I remember being like entranced by it. So, uh, and, you know, I wasn't, I was too young to actually pick up and play, but uh, I would just sit there with the controller and just watch the start screen, like the, um, You know, a lot of those games would just start auto-playing. And I would just watch the auto-play, and I think they just said one day they came inside and it wasn't auto-playing. I was just playing it. (laughs) So um, Mm -hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is kind of my first memory of a video game. It also reminds me just kind of, you know, being a kid, like my older brother and sister still living with me. um, And Sonic in general i was obsessed with till like probably till i was in junior high and i played through like sonic heroes and was like you know maybe this isn't that good (laughs) um so pretty much from the genesis till the end of the dreamcast i was huge sonic fan like i would bring dreamcast games to my my school and show them to friends and they'd just be like okay (laughs) we have gta3 (laughs) yeah i'm like oh okay um But uh, yeah, so that game definitely still means a lot to me. And on its own, it's probably the best. It's my personal favorite for the 2D early Sonic games. Um, But uh, yeah, and it's funny too, because that that was the first game I played, but that wasn't the first game I owned. I I later got a Super Nintendo with Super Mario All-Stars plus Super Mario World. Which is a great like first game to own. That's like yeah. every single <laughs> every single like Seminole Mario game packed into one cart. It's it was like it's definitely like the first it's not the first probably but it was the first big like one of those collections that they like remastered because uh, Super Mario Brothers 1 2 and 3 were remastered to look like world like with the sprites and the better sprites and everything. Um, So but even with that, um, I all I wanted was a Sonic game. Even after that, so instead of getting a PS1 or N64, I got a Sega. I got a Sega Genesis, <laughs> and a, you know my older brothers all my old games and Sonic, and that lasted me all the way to the Dreamcast. So I totally skipped that generation growing up, and came back to it later. But yeah, that's that's my first game on that list. Uh, Colton, see your list ahead of me.
2: All right, so. Whenever the, this idea was brought up, I was, you know, I, f- I felt like I was having trouble thinking of the first game to put on the list. You know, I kept, I kept coming to some games that I play on the PS2, some I had on the PS1, like the first games that really made an impact. And then for some reason, I was like, oh my God, how did I, how did I not think about Age of Mythology? That game, I don't, I don't know what it was about that game, but I, I must have been, oh gosh, I must have been so young like like seven or eight and i'd go over to my grandma's house and i have an uncle that's only uh, he's only three years older than me so we were kind of more like cousins growing up and he had he he would always play on his on his parents computer so i'd go over to my grandma's and hang out with him and we would play age of mythology a lot uh he played more uh, he played more age of mythology than anything at, at the time i think and then i don't remember if like I said, I don't remember what year or anything was. I know, I think the game came out in like 20, God, what was it? Like 2003, 2004, or five. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember when we got it, but I remember all of a sudden it was there, and I remember the cover of the game so vividly. I know, uh, I'm not cheating, I swear, but. I know there's Zeus on the front. He's holding a lightning bolt. There's an Egyptian god right next to him.
0: Yeah, kind of I can him. I can picture that cover yeah. in my
2: head. <laughs> and, and man, I saw that and I was like, whoa, what is that? So it took it the learning curve for that game was a little hard because, like I said, I was like seven or eight. But that game I must have spent hundreds of hours on because that, that took up like years of my life. Anytime I went to my grandma's house uh, and I was allowed to get on the computer, I'd I'd be playing that. I remember the campaign. Uh, I did bring it up because I could. I, I had I had the name of the of the protagonist in my head, but I couldn't remember if I was correct. And turns out I was correct. It was uh, Arcantos. And I was like, oh man, I remember that Atlantean <laughs> soldier, Arcantos. And yeah. And the and the campaign I thought was really fun. You get to you start out as this like Atlantean soldier that becomes a general and. You're raising an army and obviously you know you have a i think he was he was a greek so you use all the greek gods and you're going up against like a lot of the egyptian gods and the norse gods and then i remember i liked it so much that whenever they came out with the expansion the the titan expansion i don't remember what it was called i begged my grandma to get that and she did and then i'd play that i played the crap out of that and man it was it was probably the first or not probably it definitely was the first game that i i like delved into that i just gave everything i had to that game
0: <laughs> and i have such good memories with it yeah, you're lucky i i remember at one of my grandma's house all she had was a 3d demo disk of 3d worms so, oh, let's
1: go. You know,
0: so i just played 3d worms for hours and it's not as good as HM age <laughs> of um, and i didn't i
2: didn't know this but I, uh on the uh what's it called uh on the wikipedia page that i i brought up i was reading and then i read some other stuff on uh on google I don't remember what website and apparently at the time it was I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it said it was the first, but it was one of the first games made in a fully 3D engine ever. And I think that's oh, why it looked really? so good, because I remember it looking, I, I remember playing it thinking, wow, this is the best looking game. And if you ever, oh, if you really want to, if you look up the opening cinematic for that game, that's what hooked me. Like the second I booted up that game, if you look up the opening cinematic for Age of Mythology, it is, I, I think, I, I haven't, I didn't look it up or anything. Like, I'm just, this is all from memory. But I, I think I can remember, like, shot for shot, what that cinematic was. And I loved every second of it.
0: Yeah. Well, if I, it, it, that's interesting about the first 3D thing, too, because uh, I remember even, like, Age of Empires, like, uh, all those original ones had sprites. Like, the character models themselves weren't, yeah. like, 3D. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, I'm going to check out that cinematic. Because all I, I never played it, but I remember seeing that cover. The um, I had a friend in junior high that was super into it, so I would see the the disc cover in his house and be he'd be like, "You ever played this? It's awesome." I'm like, "No," <laughs> uh, he never like booted it up or anything, but that was the most I I just remember that cover very clearly. But I'm gonna have to check that out. check that cinematic out. Um, all right, Isaiah, what what do you got for us on your first games that made you? So
1: for me, I think it's kind of a given that because uh, previously on the podcast, to talked about my interest for Kingdom Hearts and it all really started with this game, which is one of the two worst games, I think, rated Kingdom Hearts series. It's Kingdom Hearts Recoded for the DS. Uh, <laughs> fun fact, yeah. little trivia, little fun trivia fact for y'all. Uh, Namor was drunk one day and like actually thought the entire idea of Recoded while drunk. And it was originally made for the phone. I'm pretty sure it's the phone, the same phone. It's like either flip phone or like you had to like use the buttons and stuff.
0: It was. a uh, Yeah, it was like a Japanese phone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you can play it somewhere, but like it was really bad. But then it was ported to DS and it was a lot more fun. So this game, I think, has a very special place in my heart because it's a the most played and replayed Kingdom Hearts game I've ever played. Uh. I checked, it was 500 hours of gameplay since, um, 2010? 500 hours. 500 that's hours, and, and I replayed it so many times.
0: It's wild. It is wild. I mean, you do that as a kid, though. That, that's something you do. You take, you, you take what you have, and you play it to death, like... Yeah.
1: Legit, yeah and it just never grew old for me kingdom hearts recoded was my entry to the series despite being very confusing and perplexing especially when you look up youtube videos about it and you find out that like, goofy dies and
0: kingdom hearts too <laughs> maybe, Let me tell that, you. maybe i should play <laughs> <laughs> more than i did uh, it is it, such it a goofy cast a zeta flare and then dies so I'd watch that's
1: that. oh god <laughs> That was such a unique experience for me because like this being uh, a spinoff game in in, in the middle of like the entire series is so weird because you're getting a revisiting for all these like old worlds in the first game, which is like Traverse Town, uh, Olympus Coliseum, uh, Wonderland, like just a few, but it still like holds up to like to be like a good intro for Kingdom Hearts games. Like the entire series, despite it's like premise being all about Sora not being actually Sora. It's a data version of Sora in a computer and it's yeah. all taking place in a computer. And I think, ha- <laughs>
2: hmm.
0: I think the only way modern way to play that is through like a DS 3DS or like an emulator. Because even yeah. the remakes, I think they just they just put in the cutscenes. right? It's not the full game. Yeah. So Are y'all looks
1: at you game. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> But this one, right, it had the most fun, like the most fun I've ever had of the DS game. Because well, all on the computer and you're trying to mend Jiminy's new, ch- uh, what's it, a journal? Because it still says Think Nominate from Kingdom Hearts 2.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool, so, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you do bring up like an interesting point too. Like, yeah, I have games. I have bad, like I'm not saying that coded is a bad game, but I'm saying I've had bad games as a kid that I played to death that now <laughs> yeah. i can go back and be like yeah that's a terrible game and i never got past the first level you know yeah um uh cool cool so uh oh, oh going b- I-, I forgot to mention one thing about Sonic the hedgehog 2 it was also the first song to be multiplayer and multiplayer was like a big deal because i just had one younger brother so i'd play sonic he always played Tails, and it was the first game i beat so that was the first oh, game I ever, I ever completed big moment and, yeah, especially back then, because, uh, you know, I had a ton of Genesis and Super Nintendo games, and those those suckers are hard. They're all super <laughs> yeah. difficult games. So beating one, whenever I beat one, it was like, wow, you know. Uh, but yeah, but uh, it, uh, my second one actually, uh, it lines well with uh, Isaiah's first, and that is uh, the original Kingdom Hearts. Um, so the original Kingdom Hearts came out in 2001. But I didn't get it. I got it for my birthday. I think my sixth grade birthday. Um, and at first, I mean, I, I, at for, uh, from the time I was in sixth grade, I don't think I'd ever played an RPG. All of my games were either like action games or they were they were like action. And they were racing. They were platforming for sure. Like, you know, movie tie-in. So at that point, um, you know, I, I loved games. I just, you know, I wasn't branching out too far from my character platformers all that stuff um uh, but um we got uh, i got kingdom hearts played originally uh could not get past the island point because i didn't know what to do and i kind of just left it i was like eh, uh you know i i don't get i don't get this game um but it just so happens that about three or four of my friends all got that game like around the same time and they started playing it and soon enough i was able to talk to them and you know, I, if I was stuck, I, I didn't have Internet back then. So there's um, the first Kingdom Hearts is more puzzle oriented than the rest that followed. So uh, it's, it's a little more Zelda like. Um, so whenever I get stuck, I, I could ask them and they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, use Merlin to cast fire, you know, on this door. Uh, and so it was maybe the first time I had like a communal experience with a game. Cause like I said before, I always had weird systems. I had like the Sega Genesis when the PS one and then 64 came out, or I, instead of buying PS two, I got a Dreamcast. you know? So it was the first time, like I was playing with a group of friends that were all playing at the same time. And again, this is before I had access to internet. So, you know, it's not like message sports or watching other people play that, that was totally new. So it was really fun figuring that out. And, you know, I got so into that game. Um, that uh i ended up being like the first one to beat it and i would go over to their friend's house and you know there's like there's like a coliseum's where you do little you know fighting challenges and stuff and i'd do it for them at that point uh and it was the first game really where there was like a really strong narrative it wasn't just to get you from point a to point b um, and so I thought the cutscenes were awesome. The voice acting like back then, 2001, uh, it was still pretty new for voice acting. Like you had Metal Gear Solid, you had some PC games, you had like a few examples uh, around that last generation. But and then this is like the first one. So uh, it. Yeah. So uh, but what it really did was it opened up RPGs. So uh, after Kingdom Hearts uh, in Jiminy's journal that I say I was talking about, it'll uh the first kingdom hearts mixes a lot more final fantasy than the newer ones have too and when they list each character in jiminy's journal they tell you what final fantasy they came from so you know it'll say like cloud final fantasy 7 or um selfie final fantasy 8 or you know titus final fantasy And uh, you know so at that at that point i was like well you know i really like this game i really like kingdom hearts 2 at the time too And I was like, maybe I should try out one of these. And I think I picked up Final Fantasy X, and maybe for the next five years, all I played were JRPGs. (laughs) Like RPGs were the thing.
2: Open Uh, the floodgate.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. I I, I think. uh, Yeah. So and then from there, it's history like Final Fantasy is one of my favorite franchises and JRPGs in general still are really, you know, a genre I really love when it's done well um so yeah kingdom hearts really was like an entry drug <laughs> in a lot of ways for me to 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 different you know uh different games and uh, i appreciate that because after that it wasn't just enough to do platformers even though you know after that like i played ratchet and Clank, there was still really good stuff in the vein i was already playing but it really opened up like rpgs to me in a way i was not looking for or interested in before so yeah that, that's kingdom hearts
1: and like a like the being the first game in the entire series, that game is pretty sound, like pretty, pretty Bad. Like all around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun it's a fun action RPG with like Zelda inspired like puzzles and stuff. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of a re- revelation to me because, like I said, I'd never played like Ocarina of Time at that point or anything like that. So it was kind of uh, Kingdom Hearts was almost like my Ocarina of Time experience. Everyone my age had, you know? Uh, so, and I feel like that's, it's similar to a lot of other PlayStation people because they did not have Zelda likes at that time either. So Kingdom March was the closest you were going to get. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right, Colton, I see your number two. I, like I said, these are all flowing together pretty well, considering I mentioned this with just now without even looking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my number two
2: is probably, you know after age of mythology that really got me into into playing video games so you know, uh i had a ps1 and i kind of had a ps1 in the house that was like my dad's doing my dad wanted a ps1 he he kind of got it for himself because we were pretty young at the time still but we did have <laughs> one i started playing on it more and more uh the ps2 came out and obviously everybody bought one because everybody wanted a dvd player and then i got i think it was oh the, yeah I think it was the first game that they bought for for me and my brother it was that first Ratchet and Clank game. And man, that was uh that was something. That was something to play for me. That it it's kind of like the age of mythology thing like it opened my eyes. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've I don't think I've ever liked a game as much as I like this. As much as I like this one. I I must have replayed it great game seven or eight times. And then uh Going Commando came out after like, what is it? a year not maybe not even a year later it was yeah games was. came out so fast back then yeah uh, yeah yeah a year later um and then they just kept coming out and i just played and i i put ratchet and clank as my number 2 but really i think it's kind of the whole series but uh i know that's kind of cheating uh nah,
0: but you're good
2: but every single one i just I just liked more and more than the last one, uh, and there's just so many things about it. Like I loved the writing, I loved the uh, I loved the characters, the the action in the game. I thought it was very addicting, and the weapons. I loved the weapons in that game.
0: Oh yeah, some uh, of the, some
2: of the strangest weapons,
0: especially in number two when they introduced like the. RPG mechanics with weapon upgrading and stuff. Ooh. Yes.
2: Oh, oh man. I loved that stuff. Feels good. It does. Speaking and, of
0: Diablo, it
2: feels good. <laughs> Make numbers go up. And then there and and that series is it was kind of funny because I I never noticed the uh like the uh the ongoing joke that they did with the names of that game of the games until <laughs> like way later. Like the the weird the sexual innuendos. innuendos. <laughs> yeah. Like what is it? I see a
0: list right here. Uh like go going commando, commando up your arsenal, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a crack in time, <laughs> yeah, a quest for booty,
2: uh, size matters. Like, they were, I can't believe how obvious. One of those, were. I didn't obvious even think of that, yeah, <laughs> until like yeah. much what later. These? <laughs> and even, and, and even, uh, even the latest one, uh, Rift Apart, the one that came out, you know, last totally. year or it's two Ill. years ago, yeah, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh my god, Rift, Rift Apart, like, it sounds like Ripped Apart. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, that's kind of that's kind of reaching but I mean but Tools I'm of thinking,
0: Destruction eh, that one might be a little more yeah
2: obvious. yeah and yeah. I don't know and uh, and I guess back to the characters I just I loved all the characters every side character in every game I thought was, yeah. was very funny and uh, if I'm remembering correctly I think the plumber I think he's in I think he's in the first three maybe just the first two but I think he's in Up Your Arsenal as uh, well uh, Up
0: Your he, Arsenal yeah
2: yeah, and I remember watching him, and uh, and I knew his voice so well that whenever my mom started getting into the show Scrubs, the janitor, I heard his voice, and the first thing I thought of was, "Oh my God, Mom, that's the plumber in Ratchet and Clank,"
0: and uh, <laughs> and like I good. just you, <laughs> for,
2: for some reason that was such a distinct memory for me. Yeah, but uh, I don't know the Ratchet and Clank games were always uh, they you know they were probably my favorite games of all time until like uh or i'm like, oh, sorry my favorite franchise of all time for for the longest time
0: yeah they were yeah they were, were, yeah. They mean, were like I, a platformer for playstation i i know there's yeah. like a 50 50 with jack and dexter and ratchet and clank and a lot of the times you're one or the other and i was all i was way more team ratchet oh yeah me too, um, but
2: don't get me wrong. I I probably I think I played that first uh, Jack and Dexter game seven or eight times. I loved oh, yeah, that I yeah. That game was great. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The ratchet the ratchet games always stuck with me. I always liked the style and the writing and and I don't yeah. know. I think I just like a lot of things that Insomniac does because I also loved Spyro. I love Spyro the Dragon. Spyro. Oh. Probably, I mean, that was my Ratchet and Clank before Ratchet and Clank came out. So right, right. I just, uh, there's there's just something about those games that really grabbed me yeah uh, and uh, and i know a lot of people think i you know i hear a lot of discourse that it's not a real ratchet and clank game because there's no clank but if i did have to pick my favorite it'd probably be deadlocked
0: wow i, just, I mean you can level everything up to 100 or is it 99 i forget i can't remember all your weapons yeah but, <laughs> but man you can play that, that game forever <laughs>
2: you can and it was great and, uh, I'm, and I think that I think that's what they I think they improved that whole like like the the weapon RPG thing. I think the most there like every single gun you could have it. You can have it, uh, can have it do freeze RPG. damage, frost, you know, fire damage and all that crap. And
0: yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. The, to this day, Ratchet and Clank is still just like one of the most solid. Like, of course, I will play this and like it, you know, um, makes sense. All right, Isaiah, on to your number two.
1: So, uh, if I were like to kind of compare these last these two games together, if Kingdom Hearts was like the best like a uh, game I got to get in, to like get into that brought me comfort, uh, I think Undertale would then come in next and say, no, 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 I do that too. <laughs> uh, Twenty seventeen, I got I think my PS four finally for like the first time, and one of my first games I bought was the was Undertale and Hand Time. Uh, I was at the time moving away from uh, Victoria and Colton and uh, I was in a whole new city with my mom and all would be was just me and her in this house and the way I'd bide my time and just kind of enjoy myself is that I would like play Final Fantasy VI, Earthbound and, and Undertale and having to finally experience Undertale um, by myself. <laughs> alone in this like room with like all my Christmas lights and everything. Uh, it was such a unique experience because for the first time it, I was like really, uh, really alone away, away from like everyone I loved and knew. So all I had to myself was my PlayStation and Undertale. And honestly, getting to experience Toby Fox's game like that was so impactful for me. I really got to immerse myself in his like beautiful uh settings and <laughs> and like these charming and just adorably written characters like papyrus and metaton and even like the nerdy scientist alphys it was just such a beautiful experience to finally get to say hey i I played Undertale, and I didn't just get out of phase and like, why you play it? No, I played it myself. And
0: yeah, it was such I, a
1: such a cool experience.
0: Undertale would really be like on the short list of like seminal um uh, indie developed games. Like it's newer than some of those earlier ones, but it's it it is just so impressive. it It is on the it would be it should be on everyone's short list of. You know, this is like one of the best indie games ever made, and you should
2: like absolutely like, give it a try.
0: And if, if you're not into the game, just listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's just as good.
2: It stands okay, guys, as my was favorite a game at some point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's still one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. To give you an idea, I've played this game in 2017. I've known it since 2015, and I've been listening to the soundtrack every year since then. It is phenomenal, and Deltarune, yeah. Beltran is being made right now and to the the first two chapters are out right now for free. And already it's Toby is like already giving us some really promising stuff to like look forward to. Uh, it's it's already like captured my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think Undertale also just has has had a, a wider effect on developers, too um you see a lot of like undertale influence i mean undertale was influenced a lot by earthbound and like what you're saying like final fantasy VI, like old school jrpgs but i think uh, a new generation of indie games and stuff i think that undertale is a good kickoff point for that as well you know there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of games trying to do that and none of them do it like he did on his first on pretty much his first go um yeah i'd I couldn't imagine being like a small indie team and playing that game and being like, dude, one guy made this, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it's just like one of those games, man, where you just be like, like, what do we even, how do we even follow that up? You know, like probably yeah. like, you know, most people develop being an open world game, play something like, like, uh, Elden Ring or Red Dead or whatever. And they're just like, "Welp, let's just keep doing what we're doing, I guess, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh,
1: but you, gotta uh, give, you, yeah. get, you really got to give props to um, the main artist, of course, Timmy Chang. She uh, helped uh, oh, yeah, yeah. brought Toei's characters to life. It is like it, her work is truly amazing. And she continues to help him out with Deltarune.
0: Yeah. And Undertale really has had a life of its own outside the game. I'm more of a fan of the game, but
1: uh, right, right the yeah. the community
0: about Undertale. Probably, probably at this point, the fandom in Undertale, like the characters themselves, have eclipsed the game. <laughs> At this point, honestly, uh not not in quality, but just in like the amount of like fan art and stuff, so it's kind of a beast of its own it it's it's wild it, it it seems to have spoken uh to uh, a lot of people around your age, Isaiah. like I yeah. think a lot of like you know a lot of millennials and stuff like played it and love that game, like that game, but I think Gen Z really like attached their identity to that game in a way you don't see. A lot in other games so yeah
1: yeah it it really shows like how how video games can be just as just as impactful as like other forms of media like a favorite book a favorite movie show it's it shows storytelling is very powerful these
0: video games it's really cool yeah i see a lot of my first experience with kingdom hearts and the way people talk about undertale and stuff you know yeah um all right very good yeah that's that's a great that's a great pick um So uh, my number three is Uncharted 2 and 3 Multiplayer, specifically the multiplayer. I know our first episode of this podcast, we, you know, we spent like three hours talking about Uncharted. So I doubt we need to talk about that, the game itself. But um, PS, uh, uh, so I was really late to the Internet game. You know, I'm. I'm 30 now, so it's not like I grew up. I was like one of the last generation that grew up without internet for, you know, like didn't get raised by it. Uh, but even then I was pretty late on that game. I didn't get uh, a stable internet connection until I was like 16. Um, and it just so happened that the PS3 and 360 were well, uh, well, you know, I think it was like 2009, uh, uh, 2010, no, 2009. Cause that's when uncharted one came out. So yeah, 2009 is when I first got it. And you know, I had Call of Duty and that was that was really cool. But uh, Uncharted 2 came out and right at the same time I got, uh, you know, I just got Internet and access to that multiplayer. And I love that game so much that I, you know, I went to the multiplayer and I played so much of it. Like it was one of those first multiplayer experiences where it's still magical to hear other people's voices come out of your like TV, um, you know, or not your TV. I had the, the little Bluetooth thing you had to buy for PS3. Like the you know the things that hook around your ears. Yeah, I remember um, seeing those. Yeah, yeah, they look like those old like T-Mobile Bluetooth adapt <laughs> yeah. headsets. It's totally what they were. So yeah, so I you know I I bought one of those. I um, I would say Uncharted from two thousand nine to probably around when even when Uncharted three came, I wasn't doing that. But there was maybe two or three years where. Um, I was on, I was online with just randoms, you know, where I would just talk to people and I would add them and, and, um, Uncharted two, the three, and then uh, little big planet for my brother. We met a few, we met a group of people. And, um, to this day, you know, I'm still in really, I'm still in, in regular contact with like Wilfredo, which, uh, I met him playing Uncharted. I think my brother might've met him first in Little Big Planet, but I met him playing Uncharted. And um, and, you know, we're still friends. We, we've never we've never even met each other, <laughs> but we're still friends, you know, to this day. major um, danger, danger. Yeah, exactly. But I, I don't think there'll be another time in my life where I will be like online trying to make friends like with random people. By the time, you know, by the time the PS4 came out, the thing with the PS3 as there was no um, there was no chat lobbies. There was no like friend lobbies um you uh there wasn't enough ram to do it so uh so now um uh you know once the ps4 came and you could get in a chat room i never just like went to public chat you know uh yeah and just ps3 there's no private chat options so you're always talking with people hearing people um but it was just like super special it was just kind of magical like everyone has their magic like first online experience and uncharted two and three i must have put like two months of like real life time in between That's them crazy. probably even more between them yeah yeah do do that math it's crazy um and as far as the multiplayer itself um you know i was never i'm not i'm not like a great first person shooter uh you know i'm i'm decent enough if i if i play long enough and learn maps and stuff but you know i'm really good at at, at like platformers and third person action games and stuff um, or uh, character action games. And so having a game where I could, you know, having a shooter where there's like verticality and it matters, you know, it it matters like how you attack someone um, and from where, and you could, you know, you could hang off stuff, pull people down. So as long as you knew the maps well enough and you just, uh, you know, you knew where everyone's going to be and uh, you know, how to control your character. Well, I think uncharted two and threes multiplayer is amazing. Um, It was great. Uh, four, not so much, but uh, two and three is like the, the level layouts were so wide. Um, you know, I always had people that were playing um, around that time. Cause I met everyone through that game. So everyone I added was always playing so I could just jump on and jump in with people. Uh, so I was rarely ever playing by myself. And so, yeah, it was just, I, I don't think I'll ever have an experience like that again. You know, I put, <laughs> I, just for example, you know, I've put like, uh, 600 plus hours in the final fantasy 14 and i i've never i you know i i interact with people to do dungeons and raids and stuff but that's kind of where the interaction ends i'm not looking to to you know jump in with random people i'm kind of an introvert but so that was just like a magical time in high school where you know i got my first internet connected gaming device and those just happened to be the games i was into and met a lot of cool people that i'm still you know talking to and. Uh, playing games with, you know, to this day. So, yeah, charging charge, mold, three multiplayer mold is pretty rad.
1: You know what, Troy? I think What's you up? get a lot more of that kind of experience if you were to play Fortnite with oh. me and Coltson.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: let it go. I'm sorry, I,
0: I'll tr- maybe maybe one of these days, one of these days. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you get the Naruto skin everything.
0: Well, and to my point, too, it's maybe the last time I felt that I've had so much free time that I'm not saying because you guys play Fortnite, online, you have, you know, that you have so much free time, but I just don't feel like I have the ability to like do regular meetups with people. My schedule is just like all over the place or it has yeah. been, I, I, uh, right. all the jobs I've been taking, they're not like normal work hours where I get off at six yeah. Monday through Friday. So it's really difficult in that way. So it, it, you know, I was in high school, I didn't have anything else better to do. <laughs> I could play for like five hours, you know? So mm-hmm. it's time. It was a time and place thing. And I, I I'm super glad those games came out when they did cause they're amazing games, but they're also, we're just like a really good first social online internet experience for me so yeah all right colton i see your number three my number three is modern warfare 2 oh yeah
2: now those call of duty games i played i played all of them up to that point that wasn't my first one i loved uh i really liked call of duty 3 on the ps2 i remember it coming out or them porting it to ps3 and uh anytime i'd go to like I said, I'd go over to my grandma's house and my, me and my uncle, we were so close in age, we would hang out a lot. Uh, they had internet. Uh, I'm kind of like you. I didn't have, I never had internet at my own house until senior year of high school. That was the first time I ever had internet wow, at my wow. house. So, yeah,
0: totally. so anytime
2: <laughs> I wanted to play anything online, I would have to bring my console to my, you know, at my grandma's house or later in life, like in high school, uh at my mom's house who i didn't stay with but i i did go like once every like two weeks or something for a weekend i'd bring my playstation that you know that'd be that would be how i play online games you know Um, it's funny
0: too uh you probably ran into the same issue where you didn't update your firmware through the internet like the literal disc would be like i can't run this game like the ps3 is like we're updating your firmware yeah it's built onto this disc because it won't play on this old you know beat down whatever (laughs) So all my firmware yeah, I, upgrades were through buying games on Blu-rays. I definitely ran th- uh ran
2: into and ran into that more than once for sure. It was yeah. frustrating, but it was the only way I was ever gonna play online. It is you know a, a couple days at a time, maybe like once a month, you know, I'd play for like a whole weekend. I'd go to my grandma's or my mom's house, like I said, and and uh and I'm uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Call of Duty Three. They, Whenever they uh, Call of Duty three came to PS3, they added they added some online stuff because I don't think it was on PS2, but cause that'd be a little hard to do. But I remember that being I think my first I think that was my first uh, online multiplayer FPS was that game. And me and my uncle would take turns. Like we we would do it. Uh, they had like team deathmatch, and we would we would do it like all right, you play. Whenever you die, I get the mouse and keyboard. <laughs> not, nice, not yeah. My keyboard the controller. Uh, So, you know, we'd go back and forth. And then obviously Modern Warfare 4, sorry, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare came out. That game, that game was amazing. I loved every bit of it. And then Modern Warfare 2 came out. And I think what happened to me probably happened, you know, to a lot of people. It became like the one game they wanted to play 24-7. I just, all I wanted to do was play that game. But like I said, I didn't have internet. So that became me playing the campaign. Over and over and over again on the hardest difficulty playing the those co op.
0: Um, oh, yeah, what do you call missions. those? The, the, the one that rank you on stars. Yeah, I was um, say, um,
2: oh, so ah, uh, dang it, spec, it no. Spe- uh, spec ops, right? Was it called spec ops?
0: What? Yeah, I think, I think so. maybe. Yeah, I know, what you're
2: maybe talking. that. Yeah, yeah, you know, me and my stepbrother would play spec ops over and oh. over again on the hardest difficulty, and I just I yeah. couldn't get enough of it. And uh, you know, when we, we and then when you get bored in spec ops, then we'd go into a you know, we we would play split screen. It would just be us two on these big multiplayer maps, and we'd pretend like we're playing online, <laughs> yep. you know. And no, you know, no screen cheating, no screen peeking. We you know that 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 really that really took up a lot of my time. Um, and I remember like slowly getting, you know, because like I, I'd bring over my PlayStation by my grandma's house. I'd probably play, I'd probably play for a couple hours of that weekend. Some, you know, sometimes because you know I'm at my grandma's house and my parents would get mad if all I did was play video games at my grandma's house. So I leveled up very slowly on my online profile but eventually I got to the point where I was able to prestige and like that. My first time ever prestiging in a game. Nice. And uh man I loved every bit of it. That's that's all I wanted to do is level up my scar, put a good silencer on it, get my you know get my throwing knives out. I was I that was my build. I try to I try to be a stealthy Modern Warfare 2 player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like maybe Modern Warfare 2 was the last game before like Fortnite came out where everybody was like on the same page. Like we are all playing this game. Yeah. Like no other multiplayer stuff and yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah, 2009 was a good right. It's a good year for games. Agreed.
1: You know it's a good year for games? What? Every year. Gaming baby, let's cool?
0: go. <laughs> you got me. You got me. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, what do we got for your number three, Isaiah?
1: Um oh, of course the classic uh Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> no, no. It's Persona 3, actually. Um uh Troy, I have you to think for this. Before I moved away, uh actually I think it is while I was moving away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is after I play Undertale. Uh Troy me his TV video to experience Persona 4 Golden, my intro to the series. Um and playing that was just so so phenomenal it's just a phenomenal game that made me want to play the rest of their games so down the line later down the line uh my storage that had all my other stuff when moving I still had a lot of my stuff including my ps3 and xbox uh we couldn't access anymore so quatorian colon called me out called me up and said hey we're just gonna buy you a new ps3 and i'm like oh great <laughs> so with that ps3 i bought persona 3 digitally for 10 dollars and that is the most uh, hour I pumped into a Persona game and most fun I had willingly to grind. And typically grinding GRPGs isn't like, you know, the best, as you know, Troy. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> you do it, but you, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But with Persona 3, I felt the, the game was just so much fun that I just wanted to continue to playing more and more in Tartarus. So Persona 3, it revolves around the theme of death and accepting it. Uh, the way that the characters summon their personas, which is like something like, for example, a Jojo stand to do the fighting for you. It's like that for like y'all anime fans. They have this, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, it's like a pistol, but it's not real. It's fake. evoker.
0: Evoker. That's right. Evoker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They use it and they put their head and like that, they shoot and out comes the persona. It's supposed to signify every character's acceptance of death. However, with some characters, they struggle with this idea and even show it through gameplay. Though it's very minor and only through an animation, it does show, for example, Yukari, in the beginning of the game, you see a cinematic where it's constantly her, like heavily breathing, trying to pull the trigger from the evoker, trying to say, "I, I do accept my fate and I will continue to fight like with this fate in mind, but she struggles and fails and in gameplay. you'll find her uh literally looking at the evoker first hesitating, then shooting and it even goes further on with the story within the beginning of the game you're she's trying to protect the main character from a shadow attack like like a like a sun shadow attack on the roof of their uh, building, and fails and this game reminiscent for me a lot because uh growing up I had this really big irrational fear of death and the afterlife and just really scared of like what is there to come to my life and if I'll even like live like long enough to experience all the the joys there were persona 3 kind of helped me ground that idea and, and be more comfortable with it and just not always have to be in this mindset where you're Like you have this paranoia of death, and you can just simply enjoy what you have now, and you know continue moving forward with life. Um, Persona Three had this, what seemed to be like, what looks like to be like a very dark game had such a colorful cast like Junpei Yori or uh, Akihiko Sonata, such like fun, bubbly characters with like their own like quirks. Like Akihiko's is like, a big gym guy. He's a, he's a jock, a but he's bro. a, he's a, he's a real bro, but he's also naive and kind of like stupid, but you love him for that. And you really find yourself like growing attached to this cast of characters. Even this is kid who, who lost his parents in a, tragic accident early on he becomes a part of the team too <laughs> what's funny is that in his battle his battle quotes are like oh crap because he can't like cuss too much because he's a kid and then there's like a dog there's a dog i forgot to mention this you can play with a dog in the game <laughs> a dog literally fights beside you in the in like these battles and it's yeah it's awesome the music yeah. itself as well is just like of course, like as Persona fashion, amazing. And Lotus yeah. Juice, of course, like rapping whatever he's rapping. It's, it's weird.
0: <laughs> oh, the, Just, the, the dorm room song? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, well, it's, yeah. Persona 3 is like the beginning of what we know as modern Persona. Yeah. You know, um, and it, it definitely started there. And yeah, it's a great game.
1: It is and uh, it stands as one of my favorite games of all time because not just for like all the things I mentioned like with like it being a comfort game, but also just because like it was a fun game. I know it's Atlas's first like footing into like this day to day life cycle that became very popularized for the games, but for its first experience, it was pretty, pretty all right. and. Again, like the characters, the story, the the music and like sometimes just like the like the world immersing in, is really beautiful. You you really get to feel that and like sometime in January where the world map music completely shifts and you feel this sort of hopelessness and you really feel like you're coming to like a, like a final end. Like this is it. It's either we do this or we don't. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It's a great. It's great.
0: Yeah, uh I mean that's something the Persona games do that really well. They they kind of weigh um like the slice of life like fun day-to-day stuff with like world ending like really dark like plot lines and you know stuff like that but they they weave it all together in a way that's uh, not a lot of other uh JRPGs or other games even anime does really well. It just yeah, there's a reason Persona is as so, big as it is today. Sure. Yeah, uh, and it started with three because three was still a generally under the radar game. Like the people that played three loved three at the time. Like you know they played Persona three. They like that was huge, but it wasn't a big mainstream thing. It really Persona wasn't a big mainstream thing till probably about five. You know, yeah, To be honest, and um, you know, and that kind of that kind of leads me into Segway. That kind of <laughs> segues me into my number four, which is Persona Four Golden. Um, and so, just uh, 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 let's see. Okay, there we go. Uh, and with Persona Four Golden, I think that game came out in 2012, I believe. And it yeah, was yeah, it was a it wasn't a launch game, but it was an early game for the Vita. And right. I couldn't, you know, at the time I had just moved to Denver. Um, the Vita was coming out and I was in school to become a respiratory therapist. So I was, I was in college. Um, and so we had just moved there. Um, so I didn't have any, I didn't have any friends from like high school there or, you know, I just didn't have a lot of contact with people my age in the course I was in and everything. So I was, I was feeling pretty, pretty lonely, pretty down and stuff, but uh, this game came out um, on the Vita at like the perfect time for me because I was feeling pretty down, pretty overwhelmed. Um, and Persona 4 Golden came out and, you know, I, I it, there wasn't much past the launch on the Vita. And this was the game. Everyone was like, wow, this is like the perfect game for this thing. Um, you know, it was before before port this to switch or this would be great on switch. There was here's the Vita and here's Persona 4 Golden, you know. Um, so I got the game and it was just like the perfect game for me at that time. Um, it was cause I'd played a little bit of persona Four, the original, but, uh, for some reason, I think I just rented it, um, and had to return it or I, for, I forget exactly what happened, but it was after the PS3 had already been out because it came out after, um, three, like pretty fast after three, but also after the PS3 was out and it was a PS2 game. So not a lot of attention was paid to it, and Persona 4 Golden was kind of its second chance, its second coming, and just an amazing game. <laughs> Persona 4, because uh, you know there was three, there was four, and then Golden, which was kind of like a, um, it's kind of like a, a, a remastered expansion. Sort of thing. So all all everything wrong with four, they pretty much fixed in this game. Um, so
2: it, it's kind of like what they did with Persona Five, right? From what? Yeah, because
0: there's Persona Five and then Persona Five Royal. Um, and Royal is uh, is uh, takes a lot from Golden, where they add another character and they add a new, pretty much like a new three months at the end of the game. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's like a big expansion, but on the vita it was just perfect for handheld like persona is just a perfect handheld game which is a shame that it's just stuck on playstation now which doesn't have (laughs) handhelds. um but uh just everything about it uh the writing the characters the uh because the story takes place it's like you know a a city uh a high school city dude comes into like a small town um, And you know he he comes not having like a lot of friends, a lot of you know and it was kind of it was kind of filling in the gap at that time for things that I was feeling and giving me like an outlet, um, because that that's what P- Persona Four uh, Persona is all about. That is making like you know they call them what, what are they bonds? Yeah, um, uh, social yeah. links. Yeah, social links bonds. That's like how you level up in the game in the dungeons as you 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 know you hang out with your friends you do you eat burgers you play baseball you do sports you Fake. you know you do you, yeah, <laughs> ba- yeah 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 you do, you do all this other stuff and it feeds in it. it's like a really really um it all feeds into each other in like a really good way uh it's just like a really good game loop way that like later like you know now you see like fire and three houses just totally taking that not doing it as well either but um but um Persona 4 Golden is, I think, is the moment Persona turned from a niche game to a mainstream game. Because uh, over time, uh, like Persona 4 Golden was the highest, like the highest Metacritic scored game that year. For it was like a 96 or something on Metacritic. It scored super high. People would just not stop talking about it. Who owned the Vita? That was like the go-to. And a Persona 4 Golden is the game that set up Persona 5 to be as big as it was. And now I think Persona 6 is going to eclipse either of those, you know. Um, it just came out at a really good time. I think at the end of a generation, I think people were more willing to try different games because the PS3 360 generation was very uh, shooter heavy and Western very RPG shooter, heavy. Shooter. Very yeah. shooter heavy, yeah. Cover shooter, first-person shooter, mm-hmm. Western and RPG, which, you know, those are all really good things. Like You know, there's Fallout, Call of Duty, all that stuff, Uncharted. But uh, RPGs really fell to the wayside. Uh, and that was a lot because they didn't know how to develop for HD consoles. They were trying to do this Western thing that was not working. And I think Persona 4 Golden is what showed people, like obviously maybe Japanese developers too, that they don't need to like make their games super Westernized. Like this is what we want. This is what we've been looking for. And so, yeah, it's just, honestly, it's just like an amazing game. Um it's uh, it, to this day, I would say it would be a contender for my number one game of all time, uh, just on its face. And it just so happened to be on the perfect console on the perfect time for me. So it just hit on every front uh, um, in a way that I don't think I'll be able to replicate. Um, you know, it's an amazing game, like just an absolutely amazing game. I think if I played it later, I would have still really enjoyed it and loved it. But it was just the timing of it uh, oh. that really hit me um so yeah that game that game meant a lot and then not soon after that uh after beating that game i graduated and i met all you guys in texas so you know i found i kind of found my friend group again uh, but in the meantime like there's just a little point where that game kind of helped me work through what i was going for and you know i'm not saying like Th- those characters were my friends for two years you know it's <laughs> not that but it was helping me you know but it could cope. be
2: troy it could be.
0: <laughs> yes yeah yeah but it it was just like a good way to like cope and and uh you know a lot of them were you know it's about you know persona games are all about like overcoming uh uh like personal faults and recognizing and admitting stuff you know it's like yeah um and in you know growing your bonds with like other people and stuff and you know at that point i had distanced myself from a lot of people and said ah, i don't need that and i just started feeling more and more that and that game came out and I was like, you know what? This is, this is nice. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> to be just like watch a friend group do their thing. And it's just written. So like believably, like all the dialogue, like Troy Baker and, uh, Oh, what's the other lady that does all the, well, isn't everything. Um, uh, like no. all the Naughty dog stuff. Um, oh gosh. Uh, what's her name? Um, she plays Nadine in uncharted. Uh, and she's the uh, Last of Us new protagonist. Oh, Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, would... Troy yeah, Baker to... is one of the main characters. Laura Bailey is one of the main characters. That's where they started. Was Persona Four. So that just shows you like the really? quality that. of that voice acting and the writing. That was kind of their big breakout roles. Was Persona Four. Um, So yeah, it's just I. I I, I just recently played Persona Four or Persona Five Royal and I was like mm, this still has nothing on Golden. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good, it's good, and I'm and I'm glad Persona is getting like the recognition it, it deserves. Uh, but you know, it's on Steam now. It only it was only twenty bucks when it came out. So you can get it for way less. It's a I great feel like, game.
1: Uh, with Golden, it, it had like everything three would be, would be greater three was like amplifying yeah. four. I had that moment with where I was like, I love this game when you reach like the neutral ending boss. And I was like, wow, that guitar kills. I am. Oh, blown yeah, all the
0: this game. <laughs> uh, but now, yeah, now, well, now the steam deck's out, so maybe it'll have its third. <laughs> I, I, and that, that's not far off. I've seen enough comments saying like, wow. Time to download Persona 4 Golden on my Steam yep. Deck. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: <laughs> that's fun. All right. Laura,
2: Laura Bailey made her uh, debut as, uh, in the Funimation dub of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, oh
0: yeah. Yeah, that makes total, total sense. Uh, a lot of, of Persona like voice actors are like, you're like, wow, I know that voice from anime. <laughs> all right, Colton. So what's your last game that made you?
2: My last game, my number four game is going to be Fallout Three. Fallout Three is that so that game, it came out at the time. My new favorite game I've ever played. And uh that all happened by complete accident and by happenstance. I remember it was uh so it came out I remember it came out in 2008. It must have yeah, I think it was right. late. It was late 2009. Like it was, oh, okay. Yeah. It was a couple days after Christmas because I got my Christmas money in 2009, like two or three days after Christmas. My dad took me and my brother to GameStop and GameStop had some deal going to where you buy one game of, I think it was $30 and under. Uh, you get another game of equal value for free.
0: I remember those so, deals, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was
2: planning on buying two thirty dollars games, getting two games for free. So we were there. I remember the line being very long. I think because it was the first day that they were doing that deal. Uh, I picked. I could not, couldn't tell you what four games I picked out. I picked out four games. I waited in that. I mean, I, me and my dad, we we were able to go in the store, pick out the games, but the line for the cashier for the cashier went out the store. So we picked our games. Went back in line and it took forever for that line to move. We finally, we were like, no, no. Yeah. We got, so we got up to the cashier. I put my four games up there ready to spend $60 plus tax and take home four games. I was very excited about, and then the cashier grabbed one of the games and he's like, Oh, did you get this over on that over on that shelf where all the uh, $30 and under games are supposed to be? I said, yeah. He said, Oh, that must've been placed there accidentally. This, I don't remember how much it was, but this is over the $30 limit. So you, this does not apply to that buy one, get one free thing. I said, oh, no, we just waited in line for so long. And the guy said, uh, don't worry, you can just just go pick one out, just make it quick. So I was like, okay. So I took that game, or he, he took that game from me. I ran over to the shelf, and I just looked around, and I saw the Fallout 3 cover. And I said, I have no idea what the heck that is, but I love that cover. So I just grabbed it. And then uh, got that, paid, left. On the way home, because I had no, no idea what Fallout 3 was, I opened that cover, you know, whenever they still came with, uh, like, books. Instead of right. case. I started reading the case, and I was like, whoa, this game looks cool. And my stepbrother was with me at the time, and he started reading it. And he was like, whoa, what is this game? And turns out that was the first game we tried whenever we got it home. Put it in my PS3, downloaded it. And man, we played that. It was probably four or five a.m. But by the time we went to sleep, uh, I I uh, I booted it up. I played and my stepbrother was like right next to me the whole time. We were just talking about the game while uh, he was watching me play. I remember going to the first town after you get out of the vault uh, Megaton. And I I don't know how we did it. But we were having so much fun with like all the characters and all the little side missions in Megaton. Like I said, we played till like four or five in the morning. That was all in that first area of the game. So all in that vault and then straight to Megaton.
0: Yeah. Like I did
2: the first, I did the first like hour of the game and we stretched that hour out to like 5 a.m. Somehow. (laughs) <laughs> and we were having the best time of our lives. We're like, oh, my God, look at this. Look at the, oh, my God, this gun is amazing. And I remember the next day, we finally worked up the uh, courage to get out of there. We went to the uh, one of the subway stations for the first time. Oh, no. And I remember oh I, saw, I saw a feral ghoul over in the corner or, or down the, you know, down the uh, corridor. And he was just standing there and i remember right before i went in there i picked up my first rocket launcher and i felt like i could defeat anything and i saw the first feral ghoul i had no idea what they were i didn't know how strong they were we me and me and my stepbrother we sat there and we came up with this plan we're like all right what you're going to do is you're going to shoot that rocket launcher at its feet you have two grenades you're going to immediately pull out your grenades throw these you're going to run back get behind cover and pull out pull out your 10 millimeter pistol and just hope you can survive and 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 it must have been ten minutes if I was just planning this thing out, and turns out, little did I know they are very weak. <laughs> I mean, it was the most—they come in numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was the most overkill thing. But it, I mean, that just sticks out as such a memory in my head. And, bas- and basically, yeah, that
0: game—that
2: cool. game I played—I uh, mean, like all these games, I mean, I'm just like a broken record. I played that game. So many times, back to front. My stepbrother also played it. We took turns. It got to the point where we'd get annoyed with each other. We're like, hey man, come on, you you played like four hours now. Like, let me get on, log into my my account on the PlayStation and play. Like, come on, <laughs> let me play. You know, it, it caused many arguments. That's all we wanted to play was Fallout 3. Um and man, that game and I still that game holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. I just I can't get it. I mean, I just think about that game so often. I love the uh I loved the oh, what do you call it like 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 the aesthetic of the game. I remember, I remember thinking it was so weird. I was like, oh my god, it's like the, it's like the forties, but with laser weapons. This is so weird. What the heck is going on? All these cars are running off nuclear nuclear power. What the heck? I remember thinking it was the coolest thing. Um, yeah,
0: I don't remember a ton of like alternate history stuff until that like generation. I, I there was like Fallout was a thing obviously before three. Yeah, uh, that's where I remember seeing that, like with resistance and all that stuff too. You know?
2: Yeah, I and I just uh I still think about that game very often and think about the uh, good times I had with that game.
0: Yeah. Well, it's fun. I I, cause I just booted up because they put it on. Um, uh, they gave it game boost and they updated it for the One X, so you can play it like 4K 60 FPS on the Series X, which is very neat to see
2: i do want to i do want to replay it soon with you know with like updated graphics and everything that'd be cool
0: yeah yeah maybe one of these days we'll just do a full-on remaster but that is definitely a cool way Uh,
2: that would be amazing
0: yeah i I, you have to imagine that that must be on the table somewhere yeah 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 no it it is i think that that is some of my favorite stuff as a kid because now i'm so locked in i've been so locked in since maybe just after high school that you know, it's very rare that a game like comes out of nowhere and surprises me, especially like when yeah. I get home. Like I kind of know what I'm getting into, you know. Yeah,
2: you know, I mean, I never, um, I guess, I never really thought about that. That's probably the last uh, big video game surprise for me, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are. I think I get that from like indie games that like I'll just see ton of people talk about and, like a score, and I'll just be like, okay, oh, yeah, I'm just gonna buy this, jump in, and I'll get that. But like on a larger level on a triple a game, it just doesn't happen these days, you know? Yeah. I think the souls games, I think maybe give me a little <laughs> bit of that. Cause it's impossible to spoil everything in those games. So something will happen. And I'm like, Oh, that's crazy. But you know, not, not like, not like you are saying, like when we're in, when you're, when your kids are in high school, uh, it, where you just pick up a random game from a shelf and you're just like, this is incredible, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah all right uh isaiah what's your last game
1: so uh this one is very special to me because this now stands as my favorite ds games of all time uh i still have my ds to this day even my two ds and this one's my favorite it's the world's with you
2: it is uh oh that's
0: right another no i've, I've been
2: I've yeah <laughs> i've been looking at it i've been trying to i've been looking at, it at the doc here you all you put the first initial for every word so i was like <laughs> T- i was like to what <laughs> the heck is wooey i kept like, <laughs> like trying to think like what does that stand for okay i hear you talk about the game a lot i should have known
1: the world ends with you is. One of my favorite games of all time, it was I recently played it in my sophomore year when I came back to uh, McKinney with Victoria and Colton after being away for almost two years, living with my mom, then living with the adopted family, which with that family, I was actually playing percent three with. Um, So it all kind of like, it all like connects in some way. And when I got back, I had my I got my first MacBook from uh, my school. And that bad boy can emulate. (laughs) So I used that bad boy for emulating all the games I wanted. That's how I played Metroid games. That's how I played. uh, Shoot! That's how I played some of the Final Fantasy games. That's how I did all of it. But one of my favorite things emulated was the DS game, The World With You. I now own it physically for the DS and the Switch, and I replayed it three times. Its whole purpose and like theme, uh, like that surrounds is well. You know, your character is, like, dead. You have seven days to kind of get back your life, but you have, to win, you have to win a game, of course, to do it every day. But the one thing that stands out to me is that tile of the world with you. There's a character named Mr. Hanakoma that owns, like, a whole cafe and is very lax. Maybe too lax, even. He's a, he's a real jokester. He's kind of like your uncle, but he's kind of cool, you know? He'll buy you McDonald's. Cool uncle.
0: (laughs) What all all cool uncles do is just (laughs) buy you a Big Mac meal.
1: He he starts me so much because he reminded me uh, one of the biggest like lessons that I think every person should remember is that it's, it's always best to live with the moment. Remember that although you don't have control of everything in your life, you have control of yourself and your decisions. And it's you who controls your own borders of your world. So if you want to experience more, you should up, broaden those borders and like go out and experience life. Life isn't just a the cycle of suffering that often will knock you down to your knees, crying, bloody, and just full of sc- like scabs and everything. It's not all that. There is something to enjoy and like really like sink your teeth into. It's not just like go to work, play a game, then go back to work. Then like playing with your friends. Sometimes there's a lot of life you gonna you experience and Thrones with you really helped me like ground myself as a person.
0: Make the best of your situation.
1: Yeah. And just yeah. live in the moment. And yeah. that's. That that's a very powerful message, especially to, like you know, a teenager like me, like I have a lot on my plate with school and like going into adult life. And this game was that reminder to focus on like what I want to do and not always be caught up with being worried about, you know, like my career, my my future, like house and living situations if I want to have a family. I should just enjoy now and be happy and whatnot. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. And what makes this game even more stand out was is through its entire gameplay. It's it's so cool. Back it's in the unique. day, when it was on the, very, it's, it's very,
0: still u- it's still unique. Yeah,
1: it's like the most unique DS game you could play. Back then, when you close your DS, you know, go on sleep mode, right? And like, you know how like in Mario games, Mario be like, hey, where you going? Come back here, like that interactivity with the real world is very is actually like present in this game In this game if you were to leave your ds on sleep mode and just like say take three days off of playing the worlds with you you'll come back to that game and start back up or even like if it's turned off too it works like this it'll give you experience points for your pens this game runs on this little thing called pens and if you equip one it'll dictate how you activate it and depending on you activate it it'll do that pen so you have seven pen slots in total, you only get like four or five for a while, then you get six. Seven's one is hard to get, so you can slash Neku across the entire screen, you can like drag him, you can hit an empty spot, you can do all these cool things, you can like draw a circle, and also it utilizes the mic, and you can like, like blow into it and it'll stun all enemies, and what makes it even more cool Despite it all being like stylus gameplay, it also is the D-pad or the buttons, depending on how much you're like you left-handed or right-handed, to control the top screen, which is how you control your partner. Uh, whether it be it's kind of game. a lot.
0: At yeah, first yeah, you get a hang of it.
1: It it requires a lot of multitasking, but the game kind of balances out with like having a CPU take control after a certain amount of time, depending on how much time you want to, like, let to, like let it like let it like take control. So it yeah. it does have a balancing system. But it's still, like, so much fun to, like, go back and forth. You want a combo? So, like, when you want a combo, you have this little green, like, ball on you. Do a hit on, like, an enemy. Nice little combo. Then it goes to the top screen. Yeah, I'll focus on the top screen. Okay, go back to the down screen. And, like, it goes back and forth like that. And it it continues out all the way to the end of the game with, like... It's bosses and, like, everything. And it you, can, is, uh,
0: you can level up your pins, too. Like, you equip them, and the more you use them, you level them up. And so it's kind of... It kind of, like, is a Ratchet & Clank thing with the pins as, like, weapons. Yeah,
1: They can evolve, too. Um, Some can evolve, and it's, like, really yeah, cool to see.
0: Cool. But the premise of the game is really cool. And, yeah, just the fact that you control your main character through touchscreen stylus stuff and the top character with the D-pad in battles at the same time. Like, there's not... You know, it's, it took advantage of the hardware it was on, and there's very few games that do that. You know, there's, like, Tearaway on the Vita. There's, you know, The World Ends With You is, like, best on a DS. Um, you know, there's just yeah. very rare games that take advantage of, like... So it, it shows you, like, when you when you have specific hardware, it's cool that you can make games around that, like, specifically for it. You know, we're seeing that now on, like, PS5 games that use, like, the haptics and everything on the PS5 you know in a more interesting way and i think that game does that and aesthetically it's actually very persona adjacent modern persona yeah adjacent it has a really cool style and the music's great yeah no that's great music's
1: and like with its like setting me in tokyo it takes advantage of that and like really like it's like bursting with flavor all like the, the tracks not all of them are similar in fact there's a variety of genres to be found in the soundtrack and it reflects how tokyo was back in the day and it probably still is now just this like cluster of like cultures and like ideas all in one and it that's what makes like like tokyo so like beautiful or sorry shibuya shibuya yeah, that's it, like its it, whole yeah. thing. It, it's it. That's what makes it, it so. Roll
2: call. <laughs>
1: that's what makes it so, like, a. Uh, I I guess important to like this cast of characters and like to its like world in the game. It's it's really beautiful when you actually get into the game. It's edgy at first with Neku being like, shut Sabithera. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, uh, you do your own thing. I do my own thing. It's like you at really first hate this character, but like as you continue on with the game, you really get to see his growth and like i hate him already yeah <laughs> he's, he's
0: he's squall from ff8 like yeah I, I get it um but yeah yeah no that's that's awesome um all right well that that is a that is a hefty list of games we just talked about here uh even with just the three of us so i was happy we we got through that stuff uh real quick i i didn't i didn't tell them this before and i just thought of it if you guys have like a um uh, oh, what do you call it when you're adding things to a list at the end that aren't on the list? No, like honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's <laughs> that was, word doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? We oh. won't talk about the games, but you can just say the titles. Uh, I do. Uh, definitely, RuneScape. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> very RuneScape?
1: <much>. <laughs> Runescape's <laughs> great. That's
0: yeah. true. Uh, yeah. Uh, mine would probably be. Uh, I mean, Demon Souls would be a good one. And I had one more. So you go, Isaiah. I was, I was trying to remember what it would be.
1: I think for me, uh, it was definitely Splunkin's for Meat Boy. I remember Colt would come over every time and he would find me playing that whenever we'd go to church.
2: I'm I'm actually very surprised Super Meat Boy did not make it on your list. I would have put money down that you would put it down. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, I really was. But it I had like other plans, of course.
0: Yeah. 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 No. All I could think of is that I, I had something else in mind before, but... Very good. All right. So that'll end our podcast. But um, for people that are still listening uh, this far in, um, we are going to have another podcast. um, We're going to have one before E3 where we'll be talking mostly about, uh, you know, what we want to see E3. That'll be our larger episode where we're talking about what we're playing. But um, on the 13th, so June 13th, a little more than a month from now, um we are gonna uh play through enslaved odyssey to the west uh i'm calling it a uh you know i have a book club this is like a game club uh we're all gonna play that game most of us i i played it back in the day so it's been a while and most of us have not played it and it's kind of like a forgotten gem sort of sort of thing it came out on ps3 and 360 so if you guys uh listening want to play along that i mean that would be awesome too so you you listen if you have never played it before you can or if you have you can just listen along but if you haven't you can kind of like experience with us it's about nine to ten hours um best way to play if you have it on if you have any kind of pc with a graphics card that still works it'll run it's like from 2013 uh xbox if you can play it on like a 360 or even better it's like any kind of xbox series xx anything like that will run it perfectly but uh ps3 version it's there but it ran historic like legendarily bad we're talking like down <laughs> to like 10 to 15 frames a second um nice it a, yeah it's a really bad port i mean most uh most unreal engine 3 games uh did not run well on playstation 3 um that that was just uh just the way they built that system and unreal did not which sucks because your- a lot of third parties used unreal engine 3 back in that era but um uh, yeah it just it just it does not run well Uh, but I mean, if that's your only choice. I think that's how I played it originally. It'll still get the job done. Um, very good writing, very, you know, we'll talk more about it, but that gives you about a month to follow along with us. And, you know, we'll all be playing. We'll all have played it by that time as well. So yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you guys for joining me today, jumping in here, um, getting that list done. I, I really enjoyed hearing about your games and why they meant a lot. And, uh, We'll see you next time.
2: Goodbye. Watch Red Lasso. Watch the opening cinematic to Age of Mythology. Goodbye. And watch Full Alchemist Brotherhood.
0: (laughs) Uh, I second (laughs) all those. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.